Everyone ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Let's do it. Man, the Pelicans even it up against the Suns. Ben Simmons wants nothing to do with Game 4. And the Pelicans show that they're not just an ordinary 8 seed. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me again. They make their triumphant return from John's bachelor party. JJ, how you living, my friend? I feel tired, <laughs> but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. How are you guys? I only have believed you. John, how you living, my friend? I'm alive on the outside, but I'm pretty sure I'm dead uh-huh. on the inside. <laughs> Savvy, how you living? I don't think these two fine gentlemen could have summed it up any better. I'm I'm with them and with you as well, my friend. Nice. This is sounding like a very tired pod right now, but we had... No, we'll we're pick good, it up. Man. Yeah, we're, we're all good. We're we're good. Pick it up. We're all right. pick it up. Give it some time. Exactly. Because we have an absolutely ridiculous game to talk about, ridiculous series to talk about between the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. The Brooklyn Nets were swept... They were swept today, 116 to 112. This game could have been anyone's game. I mean, it was announced a day before that Ben Simmons woke up with back soreness, if you believe that or not. Drummond, Claxton, Blake Griffin all had really weird minutes in this game. Jalen Brown ends up, I mean, Jason Tatum ends up fouling out in this game. And Marcus Smart was doing some absolutely crazy stuff like leaving Kyrie open. This game was absolutely back and forth. But what it came down to was KD actually missed a late game free throw to bring the lead to one. And instead, Boston went up four and Marcus Smart put the game away with some clutch free throws. Kevin Durant, he's regarded as like a top two player in the league, right? Does being swept by the Boston Celtics change this for you guys? Yes, has to. Oh, I'm going to start. Okay. I'm going to say yes. You want that crown. You want that praise. It comes with the territory that when you lose and the way that you lost, you have to also receive that criticism. And KD, we're going to go ahead and straight or go straight into it, fellas, because I'm going to ask you all who is to blame for this whole debacle of the Nets. Is it more of Kyrie? Is it more of KD? Is it the front office or is it Nash? And I'll go ahead and start hating, even though I do love KD and I appreciate what he did for my Warriors. It is his fault, primarily his fault, why the Nets got swept and this whole mess. Hated. Oh man. That's what I'll say. Does anyone want to challenge that, first of all? Are, there, is everyone in, are we? I'm, I'm not challenging that. that. I do think it's an, just an organizational fail on all levels. But to agree with you, the organization is represented by its best player, and its best player, yep, needs to step up when others aren't. And just looking at what he did in this series, 39% shooting. 26 a game, I'll give him that, but 39% from the field. Couple performances to open, 9 of 24, 4 of 17. Even tonight, he put up 39, but it took him 31 shots. Like, he just. Yeah. 
he wasn't KD. In game three, when they lost, he only took 11 shots, only scored 16 points. That was the only game he shot over 50% of the series. I mean, you, John, who? Yeah. John, go the, ahead. The, <laughs> who, who are you blaming here? The easy answer is KD, but honestly, it's Andre Drummond's fault because any team he goes to, they end up <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no, for real. Think, that's he only played like, like three minutes today. He played I, three minutes. I know, but I'm sort of joking. But okay, with the Lakers, he joined the Lakers last year. They lost in the playoffs. And I'm still convinced that he's, that he's the reason AD got hurt. And then, I don't know how. Maybe like he messed with him in practice or something. But, okay, in, in seriousness though, I do have a question for you guys. Do you... Uh, KD is the guy. You guys are right. But what about Steve Nash? What about yes. the yes. rest of the, the way that... like? Boston was yeah. grabbing rebound after rebound. They were pun- punishing them in the inside. Marcus Smart was getting rebounds left and right, key ones. And I know he's a guard that can do that, but nobody was putting up a fight on the block. Nobody was getting rebounds. Do you guys think that Steve Nash is a big part to blame? Because I do. Honestly, it wasn't until this series that I thought this. For some reason, I was under the influence of like, Oh, Steve Nash has a great like player history. He's probably learned a lot from great coaches. Also, he was coached, he was an assistant to Steve Kerr. So he probably learned a lot of chops from there. I just gave him the benefit of the doubt over and over and over. But you know, when you get to game three and game four, yes. and you're sticking with like these three gate like three guard lineups of Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, and Drajic. Yes. Like it makes no sense. You have Bruce Brown sitting there on the bench who only played 23 minutes today. You can't tell me that guy can't play 40 minutes because he's literally the third best player at finding his own shot. Like, there's been a game where there was a Bruce Brown game this season. Do you guys remember that? He went off Mm -hmm. for like 40 points or something like that. You're telling me you can't play that guy 40 minutes? Also, we're playing Blake Griffin, okay? He's very important minutes, and he played very well, okay? Or pretty well for his standards. Bonafide Where, Where was LaMarcus Aldridge? Wasn't he like important at the beginning of the season? You can't, you can't Wait. give him a run. Who, who wanted Steve Nash though, guys? KD, and KD, Kyrie. KD. That's true. And Kyrie, and what, what did they say even before they started this run? They said verbatim, "We don't even need a head coach." What? <laughs> they said, and to provide our provide the listeners out there a brief history of KD I'm a little you know of course I'm a little bitter as well as appreciative it's a bittersweet relationship that I have with KD but he even talked smacked about Steve Kerr saying that they play too much team ball you need to have more iso ball in the postseason when it comes to the second round the third round the finals you need to have more iso ball what did Isobal provide you? Not even winning the first round, guys. Look, no, it, it provided you really tired legs yeah, from Kevin Durant. Yeah, like yeah. he looked like he looked like a baby deer trying to walk for the first time by the yeah, by the fourth yeah. quarter. No, like his legs are just fluttering all over the place. I, 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 I can, I'm trying to rock with you, Jay, I, and I understand where you're coming from about Katie wanting Nash, and it kind of says it set a precedent, right, with LeBron demanding what he wants, Rich Paul and his agent and his team, 
making the, the decisions, but that's a problem. I don't think the players should have that kind of power. They should let, leave management to make those organizational decisions. Just because Katie wanted Nash, they, that doesn't necessarily mean they should have gotten him. My fiance wants to marry Channing Tatum. That's not going to happen. I want to marry Jessica Alba. That's not going to happen either. <laughs> She's not, in the other I'm room. Not, Hopefully she I'm can't hear that. I'm not touching that analogy. <laughs> um, there's, there's just so much fail on so many levels. I'll freely come out and, and eat crawl on one thing. I thought when they made the trade for Simmons, it was a good trade for them because Harden clearly wanted to get out of there. Right now, both teams look like they might have lost that trade if that was somehow possible. But... Simmons was apparently, his back was so sore, couldn't even sit on the bench for game four. That's And not because he ridiculous. dressed for Coachella in game three. He just didn't I call BS. Be BS. Oh, I call 100%. BS. For sure. there is, you're telling me your team goes down 0-3 and then you wake up with back soreness? That's not an And accident. remember what we talked about on Monday, or on right? Thursday, excuse me? Remember what we said? What's the yeah, worst case you, scenario for Simmons if they go down 3-0 and he has to be the savior? Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't want those problems. He does not want to be the savior. Up. So now you have this whole other cloud hanging over next year to start after this first round exit. Because clearly, I would hope his back is okay by October. Otherwise, might need to look at another <laughs> line of work. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to bring this up to you guys though. So. So there was a tweet that went out about Kyrie's like post-conference. He said that he wants to resign with the Nets. He said, when I say I'm here with Kev, I think that really entails us managing this franchise together alongside Joe and Sean. There's someone missing from this quote. Steve it's Steve. It's Steve Nash. Do you guys think Steve Nash's job is in jeopardy after this week? Can we add one other thing to that, though, in addition to what you're saying? Yeah. The fact that he's saying we're managing the franchise to begin with. Yes. Fair. Agreed. You just managed yes. it to a first round exit while you're playing 25 games. <laughs> it just, it's just, yep. cra- it's, it's so crazy to me. I mean, are you the general manager? No, exactly. you're not. So. And you, you know what's crazy, crazy too, guys? After game three, I don't know if you saw this, but Kyrie had a press conference and he said, the Celtics have an advantage because they've been gelling since January and we're just gelling now. Is he just that mm-hmm. tone deaf? Do you not realize that you don't have chemistry or the Nets, they don't have chemistry and the main issue was it's your fault, Kyrie? Yeah, right. It's correct. It is your fault. Yeah. And absolutely your fault. Like you're, you're, you were missing. So they can't, they can't gel with you. And to go on top of that, what's the other reason they didn't have chemistry? Because he and Katie pushed for the Harden trade. That didn't work out, and they had to make this massive trade in the middle of the year. That's yeah. why I was saying organizational fail on all levels. And to John's point earlier, we are clearly in the era of player empowerment. I don't mind it. I like players being able to move around and not be necessarily tied to the same franchise for 15 years if they don't like the situation. But this is when it gets too extreme. They clearly ran the organization, and this is where they ended up. They ended up depleted of assets with clearly... I think Kyrie picked those words very carefully. The fact that he didn't put Nash in there is very telling to me. And so was, now yeah, me too. See, so do you think he's fired, Sammy? I'm 50-50 right now, man. I think 
50-50. I think okay. if Katie and Kyrie push hard enough, then he will be. But you got to think from management's perspective. Just to, and I'm, I don't know. I don't want to completely change the topic here, but I'm just trying to think. In that situation, what coach succeeds? Even though I do agree about the fact that not adjusting game three and game four is massive error. I agree with that. But just this whole cluster that this year was. Mm-hmm. Speaking of it's, cluster, by the way, man, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're Phil probably Jackson right. Maybe, prime, maybe, yeah. But even then, I mean, I, I feel like it's in a lose-lose situation. A better coach or more experienced coach probably would have won two games, maybe three, even. Sure. And we have to remember that, despite all of the inconsistencies, despite all the problems, despite the coaching inexperience, the Nets were up by eight or seven in the fourth quarter of Game One. They were up by seventeen in game two so they had every uh, many opportunities to actually even still make this a competitive series and maybe even win it if they win both games in boston so they're that's how good that's how talented they actually were but the Celtics are go big props to them man and i hate this i hate saying this with every fiber of my being but (laughs) they look tell me you guys do you guys agree they look really good the Celtics look really good and that eastern conference favorites they may be they might be what, what do you what do you think? What do I think? Wow. I think the Celtics would have trouble with a bigger team, and the Nets clearly let them off the hook mightily by playing small ball. So uh, it's it's hard to say because if they play the Sixers or the Bucks, which it's all in in all likelihood they will have to go through one of those teams. I think they may get some issues with how good Embiid and, and Giannis are. What do you guys think? I agree with that, but we also have to factor in that they're arguably called their second best defensive player. Basically didn't play in the series. Robert Williams played about 14 minutes in game three and four. I'm not saying he's going to be an Embiid stopper by any means, but he's going to have a lot better chance than most centers in the league. So I would throw that out there. Jay, what do you think? I am leaning that the Bucks their experience and they have arguably the best player in the league with Giannis but coach Bud he he's not good (laughs) just to be frank he's not good like he made Kevin Durant and you know I'm I'm kind of hating on Kevin Durant but Kevin Durant got any shot that he wanted last year right there are obvious mismatches that they should have took advantage of for example Harden with the bad hamstring you have all these switches, but hey, let's let's just attack Giannis. Yeah. Instead of you know, like it wasn't like well coached, and I think everyone could agree with that. And I feel that the Celtics do have that competitive advantage with coaching. Yeah, I- I'm with and, you, JJ. Go go ahead, go ahead. Know, what, were you, what were you about to say? Just like the the Celtics, they know how to game plan. They want to take out your best player, and they did that with KD. My. KD arguably had his worst series of his career. Yeah. This with the team that he This built. is my thing. So Kevin Durant is literally the, the second best player in the NBA, right? You're telling me that Boston also can't figure out a way to stop Giannis? When literally Kevin Durant has been described as one of the most unguardable players in the history of the NBA? I think they could do it. I think they could figure. I think they could figure it out, and I think they have the coach to do it, like JJ was saying. 
And I like the chemistry. I like the ball movement. I like that Jason Tatum has this nasty clutch gene now. Mm -hmm. Like he's taken an obvious leap, not just offensively. He used to just be an offensive player, okay? But now he's like well-rounded. Like he's making great passes. Like how many how many corner threes did Grant Williams have today? Seven. I feel like it was like seven in a row or something like and that. Tatum averaged yo. seven assists a game for the series. Yo. I'm taking Boston. Dude. I think Boston's the best team in the East. When John. did when did Roe go from a Blazer fan to a Warrior fan to a Celtic <laughs> fan that in such a short time span? Depends on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch that question. No, I'm not sitting around. You're you're, you're right. They look good. <laughs> but remember, the curse of Paul Pierce in his wheelchair will doom the Celtics oh. for eternity. Mm. That's that's also true. I'm going to give you actually, guys, a little bit of NBA history here because I think this has to be one of the most surprising sweeps in NBA history. Am I am I wrong about this? Was yeah. this surprising it, to it everyone? Is, yeah. I think I think we all felt like Boston could probably take this in six or seven, but no one predicted just domination. So in 91, the Bulls swept the Pistons, and this was before Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. Okay, the Pistons had just won back-to-back -back championships. And basically, the Pistons thought they were on their way to another title. Does that beat the 91 sweep? I don't think it does. Yes or no? Only because of the prior history that Jordan had with the Pistons. Remember, they knocked him out. It was either two or three years in a row prior to that with the True. Jordan Rules defense. So for him to not only beat them, but to beat them so convincingly to me, that one, I mean, people now, because we're 30 years out, probably assume it's Michael Jordan, no big deal. But that was a huge moment for him. And to do it the way he did it, where they literally walked off the court because they were so pissed. Remember at the end of the, at the end of game four, they left with five seconds left. They didn't even shake his hand. That, yeah. This is the walk-off. Yeah. Right? And to quote Michael that's Jordan, the walk -off. he took that personal. Um, but I think that's the biggest one. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that just because of what you guys said, the history. Uh, Tatum isn't um, a Hall of Fame player yet. Isaiah Thomas was already considered Hall of Fame. Joe Dumars was on the cusp of, or, you know, how he regarded. And Jordan was coming to his own and. That's the coming out party for Scottie Pippen. So yeah. there are already a lot of household names here. Where the Celtics, what I think about what's cool about the Celtics is you have Tatum and Brown, but I don't think everyone would consider them superstars. When you, when you think about a superstar, it's bona fide top five player. You go out, your mom, grandma, grandpa, little cousin knows who they are. Yeah, everyone wanted to break up that team, right? Mm -hmm. Those, that yeah. tandem. I, yeah. And, I, and I'm guilty of that, too, because, you know, throughout the whole, what, five, four years, they haven't really matched their expectations. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, though, their worst year was when Kyrie was there. That's, that's absolutely true. John, I'm going to have you answer this one. Okay, I'm going to compare it to the 2007 when the Chicago Bulls swept the Miami Heat. So Chicago had the likes of, like, Luol Deng, Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich. And the Heat was coming off a championship with Dwayne Wade, Shaq, Walker, Haslam, Posey. Is this, does this sweep of the Nets beat that sweep of the Miami Heat in 2007? I, I do think this one does. 
because Shaq was kind of at the tail end of his career. Wade was in his prime. But that Chicago Bulls team was pretty scrappy. I know Laker legend Luol Deng, who they're still paying, or at least ended paying him <laughs> this year. I, it honestly has felt like maybe 10 years since Luol Deng was on the uh, Laker team. But I, I yeah. uh yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think this Nets sweep was was more surprising because Katie and Kyrie on the same team. You're talking about two of arguably yeah. the best scorers of all time. You couldn't win one game. Like yeah. they are probably yeah. considered the best bucket, yeah, getters, the best bucket the getters, best ISO players, and they could single handedly win you a game individually. And they couldn't get one game. And they had game two, if we're being honest. They were up 17 points. You don't. You shouldn't be up 17 in a playoff game and lose. That's just. That does. That shouldn't happen. It happens, but it shouldn't. So yeah, I'm gonna say this is more surprising than that. That series. All right. Well. So John, go ahead. Go. I was gonna say I, I like what John said, and do you guys think? And I'm kind of piggybacking on what Stephen A. Smith covered today on first take. But would you pay Kyrie? Because you have to. It's either five years or you don't sign him. He's not going to go year by year. So you're the front office. You're negotiating a contract. You have this dude, in my opinion, that hasn't showed up since he made that shot over Curry. So what's that? 2016, after that, he's been in and out of lineups, injury prone, taking breaks. When the insurrection happened, he took a break. This year... Didn't you know decline to take the vaccine? That's what do you do? That's a great question, and I would actually really consider not paying him. But it, it has nothing to do with basketball because the guy is an all-world talent, and I think we'd all agree there. He can he can put it on the floor, but I just think that I don't know if you guys agree, but I just don't know if basketball is his priority. I know that a lot of guys it's not his priority, and that's totally fine. Social activism, whatever he's got going in his personal life, his family, his faith. But, I mean, it just seems over time, basketball isn't a priority for him. And it's hard to pay somebody the max when they're not giving their all. And I I don't know if it's it's an honest question. Do you guys think that Kyrie, moving forward, is somebody who can give his all to the game of basketball? And despite of what what he says, you know, you can make, you can form your own opinion. Hell no! So, the only other thing, and I don't have their contracts in front of me, but you've got two other players already making the max. I don't know if they don't re-sign him, if they would have space to sign another player of that caliber or even close, because they might be capped out anyway. So they're almost stuck. Ironically, because they took Simmons' contract on and Simmons has three years left on his deal. So... Yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. You have two players... Go ahead. Two players... That don't want to play, or basketball's not their priority. <laughs> That's that is what it's starting <laughs> to look like, yeah, so. And you got to pick one, I guess. Maybe they do Maybe. need to hire Phil Jackson, man. You got to get some zen on that team. Un- unfortunately, I-, I don't think, like, I get the principle that Stephen A is trying to say here. You know, it makes sense, like logical sense. But the Nets are in a position where they just have to pay him. Like, because they're going to lose him for nothing. Basically, you have to pay him in hopes to maybe move him later. I think that's that's the the, the move there. 
because I don't think just letting him walk is going to be very good for your roster at the end of the day. But, you know, we're actually going to take a short break here with a word from our sponsor. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action, unless you're the Nets, with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official <laughs> sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, boys. The next series that we're going to talk about here is the 76ers and Raptors. And last pod, me and Sammy were talking about how the 76ers were potentially basically on watch for sweeping the Raptors. Fast forward to now. It's now a 3-2 series. And Sammy, I'm going to point this question towards you because I know that you're the expert on Doc Rivers, man. Ouch. Is it possible that Doc Rivers is going to one-up his reputation for losing 3-1 leads and is about to lose a 3-0 series lead? Well, Sammy is the what ex- do you think? Sammy's the expert and the number one fan. Go ahead, Sammy. Oh, absolutely. Well, first <laughs> of all, I, I want to sincerely thank Doc, Joel, and the crew for blowing my parlay at John's bachelor party in Vegas and costing me a decent amount of change. Thank you, Doc. I continue to have faith in you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm just kidding. Thanks. That's Thanks. Um, so I will say I kind of hope he does because it'll at least get one of my 3-1 demons out of my head. Hello, Houston. Um, I don't know what's going on all of a sudden. I know Embiid tore a ligament in his thumb, and obviously that's going to affect anyone. His shooting hasn't been terrible the last few games. Tonight he had 20 and 11. He shot 7 to 15 from the floor. But Yeah, can can someone make sense of the series? That's Isn't this like the strangest thing? Shouldn't the 76ers just be whooping up on the Raptors right now? Are you are you scared of anyone on the Raptors? Well, and here's the crazy thing, just before you guys answer that too. Who didn't play tonight for the Raptors on top of everything else? Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Fleet. Oh, that's right. Both didn't play tonight. Barnes played. Oh, he did. Barnes, oh, sorry. Played Barnes did play. Yeah, tonight. yeah. Barnes, Barnes was oh, there. Barnes came back, fault. but Fred Van Fleet was out tonight. How, if you're the Sixers, do you lose this game at home without either their number one or number two player in the lineup? I just like I, I, I need I, I need some body language doctoring from JJ here. Like, what what do you see from the 76ers here, and why are they why do they keep losing these games? They've lost two in a row here. I see uh, unconfident James Harden, who is putting up numbers like he did with the Nets. I think we all had fool's gold when he first got traded, Mm. and everyone was saying, the new Kobe and Shaq. (laughs) Not this pod, because we felt those people that said that were not, I don't know, it's a nice word to say. John, what's the nice word to say about those people? Uh, They suck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just didn't agree with them. But you have James Harden tonight. He had seven turnovers. Or five, sorry. Five turnovers with seven assists with 15 points. Two for six on three. And six free throws. Okay, that's fine. Six free throw attempts. But 
in all actuality, you know, he needs to be putting up and yeah, he, and he's. If you sorry, have that, I was just gonna go say he, he's he's the 75th or a top 75 player all time, and you put up these numbers in the playoffs. Don't right? those numbers feel yeah. more and more meaningless? I'm sorry, the top 75 designation with some of the players on that list this year. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. 100%. The only explanation I have for this is that James Harden wants to stay. He wanted to stay longer, the series to go longer, because maybe there's a certain establishment in Philadelphia that he really likes. Oh, in Toronto. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Toronto. Oh, sorry, Toronto. In Toronto. Yes, you are, you are correct. And, well, yeah. This just makes me reflect, okay? It makes me reflect on, on the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks are up 3-1, and the last time we spoke, you know, Chris Middleton goes down, and it was tied 1-1. And Giannis Antetokounmpo decides to go supernova, right? And just takes it over. It's 3-1. It looks like Milwaukee is probably going to beat the crap out of the Bulls the next game, too. That's just my general feeling. It makes me feel like like me thinking that Joel Embiid should be MVP was absolutely wrong. Like, you're really going to let the, the Raptors creep back in on this series? Like, this is absolutely ridiculous to me. But anyway, we can move on. Unless you guys have something else to say. I was going to just say that... Um... I think the coaching is a big thing. Obviously, we joke about Doc Rivers being a 15 coach, <laughs> 15 top 15 and a coach top of all time. 15, but baby. I mean, Nick Nurse is actually a really good coach, and he's taken a team that really doesn't have a superstar, Pascal Siakam, borderline, if that. So, it uh, what it comes down to is a game plan and, and a, you know making the most out of it. Uh, I do think the Sixers are going to win the series ultimately, but it shouldn't be three two. It should be over. It should have been over tonight. Yeah. Yeah. The only other what? thing I'll add to that, and this is just more of a general comment that I just found funny, is Jalen Rose's comparison to James Harden shooting four of eleven tonight, looking like concert dates. The trend continues. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I like that one. Absolutely does. I'm gonna take us to our next series here, the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. Absolutely surprising. Last pod, the series was one-one when Devin Booker went down with a hamstring injury. Sammy, I told you. I told you. Yes, you told them. That nice. the that the Pelicans Rocky Balboa moment might have happened where like the Russian is cut, you know, with Devin Booker going down. They found a weakness, right? And they could take this series. Sammy, has your faith been shaken at all? Not yet. About the Suns taking the series. No, because I thought no, they were gonna okay. win game three and I thought they were gonna win the series in six. I'm gonna stand by that for now. I will give okay. the Pelicans all the credit in the world with what they did to Chris Paul yesterday. Four points. He didn't score any points in the last 42 minutes of the game. Much respect to the Pelicans for doing that and putting the clamps on. And the fan base has been talked about before as never being able to fill up that arena and really get behind the team. That arena was loud yeah. yesterday. And the only last thing I'll say before I take it to these guys is just Herbert Jones looks like a defensive beast and like he's going to be one for a very long time. He was all over CP. He he helped out on Bridges, on Cam Johnson. He was everywhere defensively. He was amazing in this game. Sammy, question for you. Yeah. Did you make that designation, though, the Suns in six games before Devin Booker got hurt? Or was it after no, the fact? No, this was after. Okay. After after he got hurt, I thought they would win game three and ultimately win the game in six. Or win the series in six. I did say that on the game after he got hurt. I don't know. I, I, like, I, man, I there's a part of me that thinks the Pelicans can pull this off. And because 
Chris Paul is playing like complete, excuse my French, ass, and Devin Booker's <laughs> hurt. So, I mean, I, I do. Right. Okay, ultimately, I do think the Suns are going to win, but I wouldn't dismiss the Pelicans' chances here as far-fetched. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, but. I have a similar relationship with Chris Paul that Jay does with Kevin Durant. I will come to his defense here. The end of game three, he was ridiculous. He scored, I think, 18 in the fourth, if I remember correctly, and basically carried them to the win. I think New Orleans made a terrific adjustment, obviously, in game four. But Monty Williams is a good coach. So I I think that he's going to have these guys ready to go game five. So that's why... I don't disagree with you. I I see a world where the Pelicans could win, but for now, I I still got to stand by... My original pick. I do think the Suns will take it. Jay, what do you think? I think the Pelicans have a chance, and it's all dependent on how Chris Paul plays, like what we've been talking about. Chris Paul cannot have a game where he just scores, what was it, eight points yesterday? Or four points. Yeah, he only scored four points, and he got locked up. You're the so-called point god, and you came from a strong game three. So... You just need to find your shots. And Chris Paul has the talent to get to the line. And that's what, you know, that's a rule in basketball. You don't have your shot going or there's a good defensive player on you, get to the line, get your rhythm. And I felt that even though Aiden was criticized the last game, I thought he played actually good. He was 11 for 14. JaVel McGee was 7 for 7. They need to get the ball to the right people. And Cameron Paint can't go 3 for 10. And Cameron Johnson can't go 4 for 12. Get get the ball to your best players. It was just like the Nets game. Why are you having Gorin score 15 points for you when he hasn't even had experience playing with that roster? Give it to your best players. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the biggest concern that I have about this Suns team is that they no longer have the best score in the in the series. Like that that mm-hmm. goes to Brandon Ingram. I mean, the last 3 games here, 30 points, 34 points, 37 points. The man is doing ridiculous thing. Also, CJ McCollum is playing second fiddle like way better than he ever did in Portland. And also Jonas Valančiūnas is like weirdly good in this series against DeAndre Ayton. Last game, he had 26 points and 15 rebounds. Like, for some reason, the tides have shifted. And I don't know if the Suns are going to have enough firepower to match the firepower of the Pelicans now. Because I feel like this is really going to be about scoring, ironically. Am I wrong here? I don't... Yeah, I mean... Go ahead. I, was gonna say, I don't think you're wrong. I do think they have the scoring. I think they have the firepower to, if it was purely based on scoring. But I do. This is where I think the adjustments will come into play, and I think Chris Paul will find a way to put his teammates in positions to score more than they did in this game. Similar to what JJ said, there should not be a world where Chris Paul takes eight shots and his backup takes ten. That cannot True. happen again. So I think he'll take more of the scoring load on, and it's going to be on how do they free him up so he's not doing all the work. Because what he did in Game 3 was incredible, but you can't work him like that in the fourth. Because the fourth quarter of that game was literally him clearing out for the last six minutes. And I just don't think you can do that with his injury history. 
pure scoring talent though i do agree with you and just on the adjustments credit to willie green because the big adjustment i think he made was going away from that two big lineup with hayes and valanchunas hayes only played 13 minutes in this game he's been using a lot more larry nance which makes sense with the sun size because the suns don't really go all that big in their starting five outside of aiden and that has proven to be a very good adjustment but that the scoring power wise i i understand where you're coming from though hypothetical mm-hmm. thing for you guys so let's say the pelicans win game five if you're the suns would you try to rush booker at 75 80 percent to play a game deciding game six I say yes. What do you guys say? Hamstrings are tricky. Dude, you know what's crazy is that we even have to even talk about this. <laughs> yeah, and it's a 1-8 seed, right? Yeah, and it's a 1-8 seed, and you have arguably, quote-unquote, that one of the MVPs of the league should be an MVP candidate in Chris Paul, the point guard. And I know I'm hating on Chris Paul right now. Sorry. I know John asked a question, but I want to ask a question with another question. If the Pelicans win, Chris Paul blank finished the statement. All right. <laughs> to answer John's question, I would not rush Booker back. The reason I wouldn't rush him back is because okay. hamstrings, like you said, are very tricky. Soft tissue injuries, very likely re-aggravated again. And for the Suns, their end game is the championship, not getting out of the first round. And if you have that much of a risk of re-aggravating his injury, then I think 75% is too tricky with a hamstring because it can get worse. But you don't have a chance at the championship if you don't get out of the first round. I understand. No, I understand where you're coming from, but I just feel like a soft (laughs) tissue injury like that is so much more likely to get aggravated than something where you know it can't be made worse. I get you. I got you. I got you. That's, Mm. That's fair. No, JJ. JJ, to answer your question? Yeah, Yeah. go ahead. Yeah, John, you go go. go first. I'll go after you. No, I was going to say... Uh, man, I, is it crazy to say that Chris Paul should be reconsidered for the Hall of Fame? Ah! Oh, damn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't even know how to spot. I, I went with the I went with the aggressive take there. <laughs> that was. I love it. I love it though. I'm dude. just saying reconsidered. I didn't say banished or excluded. Yeah. I said yeah. reconsidered. Maybe. I I wouldn't I go that it. far. I would say Chris Paul, to finish your statement, should be considered along with the likes of Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, as amazing individual talents who could not get over the hump. That's where I would put him. What's what's the quote? It's uh, playoffs reveal character and expose weaknesses. <laughs> Man, this is some intense Chris Paul <laughs> slander right now. Super intense. <laughs> and you know what? I'm gonna just I'm just gonna cut it, guys. I'm cutting the pod. That's all we have for tonight's show. I wanna thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Had a lot of fun and uh props to my boy John. Happy belated bachelor party. John, the bachelor. Thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. And I and I want to just let everybody know that 
uh, the comment I made about my fiance wanting to marry Channing Tatum and me marrying Jessica Alba, she heard that and she texted me and now she's mad at me. Thanks, guys. Hate it. <laughs> Sammy, thanks for being on, man. What more is there left to say other than another successful episode? Thank you, everyone, for listening as always. And shout out to our video producer, RJ, who's putting us on Twitch right now. For those who are still on, thanks for joining us. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Happy wife, happy life. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>